Number one, myth. You must have grounds for divorce in California. Fact. California is a no-fault divorce state, meaning you don't need specific grounds for divorce. Irreconcilable differences are sufficient to file for divorce. That is how it works. You do not have to have a reason for the divorce, plain and simple. Some states you do have to um, cite a reason. Um, you don't, well, you're going to get into the next one, but we don't need to do that just yet. So no no fault means irreconcilable differences, even if it's a bad reason. Even just, you, I've had cases where people said, Tim, we love each other. We just um, went different directions and, you know, we, we want to be divorced. But other than that, there's no issues. Um, that's, that's grounds enough because you don't need grounds. Um, and, uh, it's not stated in the petition. It's not stated anywhere in the settlement. It's not brought up at all. The court doesn't care. Even if you went to trial, the court doesn't care what the reasons are. Uh, it doesn't matter who the filing party is. If, if like your husband wants a divorce and you are going to end up filing, that's fi It's fine. Uh, even if you didn't want it. Uh, we do that all the time. People just want to, you know, they don't, if they realize that, well, my, I don't want to be divorced, but my spouse doesn't want to be married to me. And I guess I don't want that. You know, I don't want to be married to someone who doesn't want to be married to me. So let's just get this going. And I want it to be amicable, you know? Um, so no grounds. Number two myth. Mothers always get custody of children, man. You guys really get upset. <coughs> Excuse me. You guys get upset when I um, uh, talk about custody or child support. I got people, telling me, you know, what am I talking about? Stop giving bad legal advice. First of all, I'm not giving legal advice. Um, I'm just talk talking to you from a procedural standpoint. Um, but, uh, and with this myth, mothers always get custody of the children. I'm sure there's cases that go to court where judges make decisions and orders and, and it's going to, it's going to skew one way or the other. Maybe a judge always leans one way or the other. I see talk on certain, you know, in, in chats and whatnot, in forums where you know, people are upset or the fathers think like they don't get custody and all that. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that's out there. I'm not going to discount that, but like with my service, that's not how it works. You guys call the shots, whatever you guys agree to. Most of our agreements are joint legal and physical custody it may not be exactly 50, 50 timeshare. It doesn't have to be because still be joint legal, joint physical. And maybe mom's not working and she has 80% timeshare just by default. Cause that's where the kids sleep, but it doesn't mean you have to, um, document it that way. Um, if you're the only time that the percentages really matter is if you're using it for the calculation for uh, child support. Number three myth: you must be separated for a certain time period before filing divorce. Fact: there's no mandatory separation period before filing for divorce in California. You can file as soon as you decide the marriage is irreparable. Most, I shouldn't say most, I, I know half my clients are still living together when we file for divorce. Their their question is, Tim, um, what do we use for the date of separation? We're still living together. If that's the case, I would say you would use a date that you discussed divorce in the past, um, a date maybe you started living on separate rooms or on the couch. Um, at, at a minimum, we'll just use the date that you hire me as the date of service because that's the, you know, we need to put a date of separation on um, the petition. Um, because the court needs to know how long the marriage was. So don't have to be separated. You can live together. Um, in fact, you can continue to live together post-divorce. The court's not going to come make sure you moved out. Uh, we have people living together, uh, quite a few clients, just in this last uh, month where um, they have no intention of moving out just because of the cost of living. They're still going to share the mortgage. They're going to probably, you know, I don't know what their living situation is. They're going to probably sleep in different rooms or whatnot, but they're going to split the mortgage. It's better than them selling, especially with interest rates and all that. And they're just going to make it work um, because of the high cost of living. 
Number four, myth. Divorce is all expensive. Fact, while divorce can be costly, it doesn't have to bankrupt you. Options like mediation, collaborative divorce, that's what I do, can be more cost-effective than litigation. Now, what I do, you know, collaborative divorce, mediation, legal document preparation, fair legal services, you know, the amicable divorce, it's not for everybody. Um, some people need attorneys. Maybe you're amicable. You're, you want it to be a cooperative, amicable divorce, but your spouse is hiding assets or closing accounts, removed you from health, you know, doing nasty things. You're going to need an attorney for that. Don't call me if that's going on because I don't take care of those things. You're going to need an attorney, but it doesn't have to be expensive. We use flat fees here. We always have. Um, I work with both parties all the way through, so you don't have to get separate services. You know, it, it, you have one neutral third party in my service for, versus you guys going out and getting two individual attorneys charging $300 an hour versus my flat fees. Um, and also that's cost effective is I don't have to have both of you pay the court fee because I'm handling it as a neutral. We can get you through on one court fee. Okay. I'm even taking throat lozenges. I know I my throat gets dry when I talk so much, but um, it's still I still got to drink some water during these uh, long uh, videos. So we're at one, two, three, four, five. Myth: Alimony is automatic for the lesser earning spouse. Fact: Alimony, spouse support, same thing by the way, isn't always awarded. Courts consider various factors such as the length of the marriage and each spouse's financial situation. When determining alimony. So that's true. And I'm not going to get into the specifics. If you want to look it up, it's called 4320 factors. Uh, it's family code section 4320. Um, look it up. And there's 11, I think it's A through J. So 11 things, different things that, that the court would look at uh, in assigning spouse support. I don't get into that because our clients don't go to court. Our clients are coming to us with either an agreement for support, whether there be some or not. And if they agree, but they don't know the amount, like a case of this Riverside case I just finalized today, they wanted me to run the numbers for them. And uh, basically said, Tim, here's our incomes. They sent me their pay stubs. I inputted that into the um, the court's uh, spouse support calculator and it spits out a number. And I tell folks, you can use that number, you can go higher, you can go lower, but just use it as a tool. Uh, a lot of people use the number that it calculates. Some people go a little higher, a little lower. There's no right or wrong method, just whatever you guys ultimately agree to. But sometimes people say, Tim, we have no idea. Should it be $500, $1,000, $3,000? We don't even know where to start the conversation. And that's where us running the spouse support calculation can, um, can help you out. Number six, myth, property is always split 50-50 in a divorce. Fact, California follows community property laws, but property division doesn't have to be exactly 50-50. It should be fair and just considering various factors. So I can tell you that right off the bat. The courts do not look at any level of fairness when you go through an amicable divorce. When, you, when you're going through my process, you guys call the shots. In fact, the courts have absolutely no idea how to ascertain whether or not the agreement is fair or not because we never list values of the assets uh, that you guys are keeping. So they don't know, you know, when we say you're keeping this credit card, they don't know if there's a dollar owed on it, $0 or, you know, $500,000. They don't know. They don't know what the values are. They just know you're being assigned these assets and debts that you're going to be responsible for and keep. And then same for your spouse. So they couldn't ascertain the level of fairness in it, even if they wanted to, which they don't. So um, you guys get to make those decisions and 
And when it ta I talk about it being fair and just considering various factors, that could mean maybe um, you uh, one spouse is going to take on more debt. And for that reason, there's not going to be spouse support because that's going to kind of offset that. So there, it, it's not always a clean, clear, you know, dividing our assets. Although we, we have put those together where we had one last month where they literally divided everything down the middle, every single asset and debt. And I asked them, I said, is that really your intention? Because I haven't really seen that happen in like 12 years where I literally wanted the settlement agreement to say everything's being divided. Because uh, I said, you can assign this, that, you know, and offset. And, you know, so it, it ends up being fair, but we don't have to say it's being split 50-50. But that's what they wanted. And that's fine. And apparently they were going to sell everything and, and split everything and whatever proceeds came from the vehicles and all that. Um, they were, they were going to just split down the middle and that's fine, but it doesn't have to be that way. Myth. You can hide assets to avoid division. Fact. Attempting to hide assets during divorce is illegal and can result in severe consequences, including fines and penalties. So that goes back. I don't have that issue. Or if I, if we do, I don't know about it because our clients are coming to us and they, they're, they're aware of all the assets and debts they're doing their disclosure process. They're aware of what's going on. Uh, but it does happen. I worked for an attorney. I worked for the courts in the past for doing this and people hide assets all the time. They have to get forensic accountants. They have to uh, subpoena documents. It gets ugly and very, very costly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there trying to hide them, but keep in mind things like, uh, pensions. If you say, Hey, I didn't, I didn't list my pension, I'm hiding it and, and so forth. Excuse me. <clears throat> then, um, you know, and you go to retire, they're going to, when you go to retire, they're going to say, you know, the pension company is going to say, oh, oh, we need a copy of your divorce decree and it's not going to be listed on there. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to freeze the pension uh, and they're going to assign, you know, community property share to your spouse. And you're not going to be able to collect. I've had it happen. I, I think people, uh, these weren't cases where people were hiding assets. They just forgot to list their pension. They did their own divorce paperwork. And uh, they, they, they knew about the pension. They were just going to keep 100% of it. So they thought, well, I guess I don't need to list it if I'm keeping it. And uh, no, it doesn't work that way. You still need to include that on the settlement because if it's left silent, it's not addressed, the, the your, your pension plan is going to assume community property laws apply. I've done a couple... Um, settlement, not settlement agreements, but modifications to judgments to include this uh, missing asset, generally a pension. Um, so it could be um, confirmed to the petitioner or respondent as their sole and separate property. So we could update the judgment so they can then send that to the plan to say, oh, I see now your spouse isn't getting any of that. And then they can proceed. Until that time, people have been held up from retiring because they didn't have proper documentation in their settlement agreement. Myth, you can't modify child support or custody orders. Fact, child support and custody orders can be modified if there's a significant change in circumstances, such as changes in income or the child's needs. So I'm going to come at you in two directions with this. One, from an amicable standpoint and from maybe where you don't agree. So if you guys agree and you want to modify terms of child support or custody orders or anything, we can simply do that through a, filing a a stipulation or a modification to your judgment. You guys say, Tim, this is what we agreed to in the past. This is what we want to change. Maybe your, um, what are some of the ones we did this month? Um, increase in spouse support, uh, decrease in spouse support, increase in child support, stopping spouse support altogether, changing some custody terms, 
Um, we had someone who um, was going to, they were going to sell the house and split the proceeds. Now he wants to keep the house and use the pension as a buyout. All of these things can be modified post-judgment as long as you guys agree. We draft a stipulation, you sign it, we file it, done deal. To these notes that I had come up with, if it's not amicable, um, and let's say you want to modify child support or custody orders, you do have to have, you know, you have to file a motion, you have to state the facts, state, state the reasons. Maybe, you know, you have a 80-20 custody order and child support <clears throat> is attached to that, but then there, or I'm sorry, let me back up. You have a 50-50 timeshare and child support's calculated based on 50%. So it's lower than it normally would, but your spouse hasn't seen your kids in three months or three years or whatever. And you're like, hey, we need to modify the custody because not only is he not seeing the kids, but he's paying child support. I shouldn't say he, but he's, you know, the child support's being paid um, based on 50% and it should be much more if it's, you know, closer to 100%. So if those were, you know, if you talked to your spouse and you guys talked about that and like, no, I'm not going to agree to the changing that then that's when you would probably get an attorney, draft a motion, file it, get a court date, present your facts to court and see what the judge says about that. <clears throat> All right, myth number nine, you need your spouse's consent to get a divorce. Fact, you don't need your spouse's consent to file for divorce. In California, one spouse can file unilaterally. So while you don't need consent you know, if you want to do this amicably, you guys should definitely talk first. I think we opened this conversation up um, with that. Definitely be on the same page. But where spouses um, say don't want to get, get divorced, we'll have clients where they'll in the consultation they'll say, "Tim, I want to file," uh, or they did file in this one most recent case, but my spouse just doesn't want to be divorced, so he's not going to sign anything. Um, they're not going to cooperate and they're, he just, he does not want to be divorced. He wants to keep, stay in the marriage. The wife has already moved on and those can be very challenging. So while the, while your spouse can't stop you from filing, they can make it very difficult to finalize it, especially where there's assets and debts and kids and custody because it gets highly technical as a default with no agreement type case. It's going to be very time consuming and challenging to get those through the court. And number 10, Myth, divorce always takes a long time in California. Fact, the duration of divorce proceedings can vary widely depending on factors like complexity, cooperation between spouses, and court caseload. Some divorce cases can be finalized relatively quickly. We finalize cases very quickly, not even relatively quickly, very quickly. Yesterday, I finished an entire divorce case start to finish in one day, including having it filed. They're done. E-signed, e-notarized. I got to wait the 30 days. I e-file it. They're done. Still six months before the divorce, but they are done. They, they emailed me today. said, Tim, that's it. I said, that's it. I'll email you in 30 days when I e-file it. And then I'll just be a couple of days for approval. Those don't enter the court system, meaning you're not having to see the judge. You don't go to hearings. It's all just in processing with the clerk's office. And it's a valid divorce. People say, Tim, is this, is this it? I mean, it seems too easy. And I make it that easy. Keep in mind, the clients are also making it easy on me because you guys have to reach the agreement and the terms and I will put you through the process. It doesn't, I don't care how complex your divorce is, like how many assets, how many debts, how many kids, whatever you're doing. I put together 15 page settlement agreements. That doesn't matter. It's, as long as you guys agree on the terms, that's what makes it easy. Um, the process can be complex. You know, we have our clients come to us, their judgment rejections, uh, misfiled forms, cases taking years, and they're and they're amicable. But we handle cases that are two, three years old that they've been trying to do themselves this entire time. Multiple rejections, multiple errors, 
and they're in agreement and they're taking two to three years. So it is a complex process, but that's what I do as a business.